This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, brand whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Winning is fun, but what I have found is winning big puts us on an enviable position of sustained long-term wins, and that defines brands and businesses forever or for a long time. As each one of us are different, which means our starting points are different, our destinations are different, which means our journey has to be different. And that's the reason in this podcast is truly a pleasure for me to have the best seat in the house to have conversations with leaders from all walks of life, all over the world. And these nuggets of wisdom are simply priceless. In that spirit, today I'm talking to Tina Greenbaum. And this has been a conversation I've been waiting to have, you know, have for the last maybe two to three months ever since I first got to know Tina. She's a guru of mastery under pressure. And what really hit me hard was any one of us can be a master of doing anything when the weather is calm. You get noted for your mastery when you land that plane on Hudson, that is pressure. And that's the part where I right away love that niche that Tina is fulfilling is if you drive a plane only on normal days, normal weather always, and have that on your resume, you may not need data, but life has uncertainties and that's really important. She blends cutting edge technology, neuroscience, energy psychology, sports psychology, everything you can think of to create this learning theory in her consulting. She worked with executives who want to increase their performance level in high stakes, high pressure situation, because that is what defines you. Again, on ESPN, on SportsCenter, they show that clutch shot, that clutch play under pressure. And most of these are inspirations that's coming from the way Tina educates business executives at the highest level. She talks about an optimal performance. She's an optimal performance specialist and a sports psychology consultant who also works with CEO and senior level management and confidential Thera coach on a one-on-one basis. So, well, Tina, welcome. Thank you. So, first of all, congratulations and thank you for taking the time. And I really want to get right into what you must have figured out by now. My obsession is to learn more about this guru of mastery under pressure, which puts you in a one-of-one unique position. So what is mastery under pressure? And why is it important for leaders who want to get to the next level to have this mastery? That's a really good question. Why is it important? Well, as we know, and right now we're under a tremendous amount of pressure and we have to be able to kind of continually rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. So as you said, it was so beautifully, anybody, well, not anybody can drive ride a plane because I certainly couldn't pilot the plane, but the idea of being able, and I was in New York on the day that that um, 
uh, Captain Sullivan landed mm -hmm. that plane in, in not so very far away from my apartment, as a matter of fact. And so to be able to be able to have a calm body and a quiet mind so that you actually can function and think very, very clearly under pressure. And that's what the great athletes do, the great performers, the great leaders. And I like to say that it's not a natural sport. <laughs> it's a learned sport. And so I come at this whole kind of area really as a teacher, as a coach, as somebody to teach you skills that you may have a propensity and a, sort of you're able to see things ahead of time, but when you really have practiced and trained like a great performer, a great athlete, you have it. You have it in the moment when you have to be able to actually just focus. So you talked about, could you repeat that calm body and? Quiet mind. Quiet mind. That's the whole trick. That's the whole secret. And what I also love that this is a learned sport. That's the part really made me feel hopeful that this is not some, some of us are born with in our DNA, that you test it and you find it. It's a learned sport. And the secret is, how do you get there? So let's focus a little bit more on the second part when you talk about under pressure. So what changes in human beings under pressure? Like, what? why do I need Tina more to learn this when I'm under pressure? So if you understand the way that the, the nervous system works, we have two main nervous systems. So one is the sympathetic nervous system, which is the one that kind of, when we're in danger and we go into that fight, flight, or sometimes actually freeze response, we can't think very clearly, actually. Mm -hmm. But the, the mind is connected to, like if there was a tiger that was chasing us down the, you know, down the street or the, or the highway, that we would be able to do exactly what we need to do in that moment. Mm -hmm as animals do. And then what animals are able to do that we humans are not able to do is once the danger is over, the animal goes into the parasympathetic, excuse me, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that says, ah, I got money in the bank, you know, everything is cool. Well, in our culture, most of us, and particularly those under, in high positions, are in chronic states of stress. So when that nervous system goes into that that stress response, um, hormones, stress hormones, cortisol goes coursing through the body. We lose the, if anybody has ever kind of really suffered a panic attack, you start to get tingling in your fingers and the heart starts racing. And the mind actually goes, <laughs> it goes off. We can't think clearly because the energy is all the way up here. And so this is where without training, many of us end up into situations where you know the mind is just not working and then we get short-tempered and then we get annoyed and then we you know all the things that follow when things are not going according to plan we do what humans actually naturally do is we react so the way i like to put it arjun is we like to increase it's called the window of tolerance so here comes the stress this is my capacity, my nervous system's capacity for stress. And as, as long as I'm in this area, I'm fine. But as soon as it hits my nervous system's uh, capacity, then everything goes off, the stress response goes. So we wanna be able to actually build that window. Mm -hmm. So here comes the stress, just got another problem. 
a problem to be solved. And what I like the fact that you described it in so much details, it makes me comfortable to know that stress literally takes the mind to a different level. It changes the game. Yes, it does. And the very fact I act goofy is it's okay because I have never been trained to perform at that unique position of the mind, which cannot be simulated. But I love the answer that you gave is the key is to increase the window of tolerance. And to me, again, you know, I'm not a football fan, but a few random things come to my mind. And this is really dated. You know, Dallas Cowboys in their amazing win days had coach Jimmy Johnson. And he, before one of the big Super Bowl wins, had got the entire team in this big hotel room and put this, you know, two by two plank, two of these in front and asked everyone to walk across and he videotaped. And of these athletes, they just followed the coach, they believed the coach and towards then they were even, you know, doing a few goofy things, some were doing one hand, you know, one legged walk, one some were even doing with the ball in their hand, dancing and everything else. The coach took the video of the entire thing. And then he asked everyone, do you guys, did any one of you had any doubt? And of course they all said, coach, that was silly. Mm -hmm. And he said, tomorrow, this is all you would be doing. But the only difference is the plank would not be on the floor. The plank would be on top of two buildings in New York City, maybe 100 stories high. So that's the time you have to believe in yourself and not the situation. And I really love what you talked about is like that takeaway that stress takes the mind to a different place and without training, it is unfair that you can excel in that. And the answer again, I love is you don't talk about problems is answers is increase the window of tolerance. So, you know, I just want to ask again, I don't want any confidential information, but you know, you are helping people achieve something that creates personal highlight moments. Are there some memories that you can share that stands out again, without going into details that makes you really be excited and proud of your accomplishments and what you achieve daily? Oh, that's a great question. And, and you know, there's a couple, couple clients that are kind of flashing to my mind. And one of my favorites <laughs> was a young woman who came from France. And so in, in France, we have a sort of a bias from the Americans. We think that they're kind of cold in a certain way. But she was raised in a family where her father was a restaurateur. And so she was raised in a restaurant, basically. And she learned how to manage the restaurant. And so when she came to New York, which you know, again, just by its nature, you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. She got a really good job working as a manager in a restaurant and she was great with the clients and, and, the, and her staff. She built a beautiful team. Mm -hmm. but she would walk into the kitchen with the chef and chefs again have a reputation of being sometimes very cold and very cutthroat. She would just freeze. And so we worked on that. We worked on exactly what you're talking about, learning how to calm herself down so that she could think very clearly and be actually the chef's equal, even though she was not the chef and they had a, you know, they have their own kind of feelings of, of grandeur, but that she could hold her own was basically what, what we were working towards. 
And she just got better and better and better. And then moved from that small little restaurant to a, a major hotel and a food and beverage manager. And, and then ended up in France at some fabulous hotel uh, working. But just watching her and, I, and, and we're still connected and over the years and, and just her, her poise and her grace and her understanding of people and using all those natural abilities that she had as, as really quite a, quite a wonderful manager and allowing that to kind of flourish. Mm-hmm. And then she could just take on just about anybody. And what I love about this fact is what I missed when I was reading your intro is the gift you give is sustained over time. It's irreversible. Like you should even put a caution that mastery under pressure is irreversible. So I'm, it's too bad if you want to go back. Because in this particular story, what I really loved the fact where you talked about she's seeing herself as an equal, because I really think it's so important to see the potential and the future doors, as you mentioned beautifully about the doors opening up happened after she saw herself at par of the super chef and beyond and without and think like to me it just goes back to a very simple thing like I'm a relationship expert because I have done everything wrong in relationships but a friend of mine had told me when I was going through after my divorce was Arjun can you first see yourself as a good person can you fall in love with you first because if you don't accept you, why will anybody else? And this really triggers so beautifully is, like to me, if you were a weight loss coach, there's no moving up and down. What you are doing is irreversible, life-changing forever. And that's what I really love. So, And Arjun, I, I kind of think of, of this client that I'm talking about and what she was able to do for her team. And then, the te- and then just like a, a good parent, you know, what we teach. And then the team itself became elevated. Wow. She, as the leader, everything, you know, comes from the top. And as a leader, because one of the other things that we get from this training is we get a sense of presence. Mm -hmm. And presence is sort of an indescribable thing, but it's basically an energy. You know, if you, people are attracted to you, they want to hang around you. They, they want you to kind of be the source of, of that calm situation. So my, my goal and my, my dream is to train the leaders and then also train the teams. Mm-hmm. Because if you had a whole team that was operating at this level, you would be unbeatable. So that's a new dimension. To me, initially, I only picked on the sustainability. But what I missed was what you showed me is once she evolves, the whole team gets uplifted. So in today's world, that is the good contagious change in behavior that we want. So it's, and I love this concept of sense of presence. So I want to go a little bit into your background. And, you know, when I read these, I just have no clue what energy psychology is. Most of us know a little bit about sports psychology. So can you tell me a little bit about energy psychology, what it is and how you have harnessed that with other amazing techniques to create this calm body, quiet mind in a moment of increasing the window of tolerance. Well, the truth is I have a very um, high interest in spirituality. 
and spiritual principles. And I had a, a healer one time who said to me, he said, Tita, you have to work spiritually. And I said, I, I have no idea what, what you're talking about. But the universe works on certain principles. And if we follow those principles, which are actually, everything is energy. Mm-hmm. So if you're giving to me and I'm giving to you, we have this reciprocity and it's an energy of giving. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, kind of following Eastern, you know, yoga and, and acupuncture and that, that there are channels of energy in acupuncture. They, they work on, you know, meridians and, and in yoga that we work on chakras and that there's energy centers through the body. So I spent a lot of time with teachers, you know, spiritual teachers and understanding how my own body responds to my own psychology mm-hmm. and being able to access that because I'm really a mind body person. And mm-hmm. when I teach a lot of these principles, I teach it through the body. And so that if I'm, let's just say, um, you, you come to me and we're talking about uh, a loss that you've experienced. And I already know that that loss is somewhere stuck in your heart mm-hmm. because the heart chakra, this is where the energy of the heart is. This is where we hold grief and we hold loss. And so for me, it's a shortcut as I worked on myself and worked on a lot of the issues that I've had. And we work to clear the energy. And so when we clear the energy, we become more of our authentic self. Because again, if you, if you work backwards, mm-hmm. my background is I'm, I'm actually a psychotherapist. And if we work backwards into some of our early childhood, we have patterns that we create. And those patterns we create to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have armor anymore, you know, the silver armor, you know, but we have energetic armor. And so the process of transformation is clearing the obstacles, clearing the armor, mm-hmm. the energetic armor, so that we can be oh, just so relaxed, just more and more and more of myself. So to me, what's fascinating about this is I'll take it to a different dimension is this conversation is showcasing to me that life, wisdom, knowledge is never one dimensional. It's all about adding multiple dimensions, connecting the dots and creating that so what. But I also want to take it another step beyond because to me, yes, somebody smart can figure that out. But then the second step is how do I internalize it? And the third step is how do you live it? And this is the part where I will embarrass the heck out of you because to me on September 21st, I went through a big surgery. And I am very fortunate and blessed to have a lot of friends who were all there. But then there was this one person, Tina, who right away wanted to schedule time. And she insisted that we talk for an hour. And I'm just thinking, whoa, this is a really corporate obsessed person. Have a little mercy on this Arjun healing. But I said, okay, fine. Let me have this call. And what was fascinating was 100% of the call was about Arjun, about my healing. And to me, you know, what really hit me that day was somebody like you who understood my need better than what I was feeling that day, literally hit, hit the brakes, not only for yourself, but for me. 
And that to me created, like we all get defined by moments. I call those in the day of electric cars, rechargeable moments. Like I needed that major recharge and I got the recharge from you, Tina. And I really want to thank you because that part is so important as you live this. And I was literally so fortunate to be at the receiving end. So I wanted to thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely my pleasure. But I wanna go back to this thing, Arjun, just kind of in, in this question about presence mm -hmm. because you have it as well. And sometimes we don't really understand it, but when you are real, mm -hmm just real, mm -hmm. people get that. That's mm -hmm. the energy that people get. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody said to me one time, she says, oh, you're just so comfortable with yourself. And I said, you know, it's not been easy. Mm -hmm. She started to laugh. I said, no, no, no. Hi, this is Arjun Sen, and you're listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun. Today, my VIP guest is Tina Greenbaum. Tina, Tina is the guru of Mastery Under Pressure who blends cutting edge technology, neuroscience, energy psychology, sports psychology, and current learning theories in our consulting. And something incredible happened during this particular podcast. Dina's internet vanished, literally, okay? And this is something that was not in her control. But I really think it was a great lesson in life and that actually happened. Because what I learned was this person, Tina, who talks about mastery under pressure, how she actually behaves under pressure. Because we all know there are some of us who preach, but we cannot pull that off. But in this case, Tina was, literally it was a case study of how calm she was and how perfect she was through the whole thing. First of all, she got on her phone, messaged me, and then I was saying, hey, no worries. She said, no, I'm not worried. And what I learned at that instant is that everywhere, there are challenges where things happen that we cannot control. So Tina, I would request you to pick up the thread from there. When things like this happen, when you do not con cannot control, how do you deal with it? And what's your advice to executives today and what they should do? I think it's a great question. And it was just, these things happen. And this has happened to me a number of times when I've gone out to speak and my slides don't show up on the computer and so on. So that question of what's in my control, what's out of my control is the very, very first thing that I have actually trained myself. And you know, when I think <laughs> back and, and really become, how do, how, do, how do I do this? I trained, I trained just like an athlete, you know, trains and, What's in my control, what's out of my control. It's the very first thing that I, I kind of pay attention to. And I also pay attention to what's happening in my body. Because as soon as I feel out of control, mm -hmm. it's a very likely time that the nervous system is gonna, you know, kind of get engaged and I'm gonna get triggered. And it's like, and if I allow that to happen, mm -hmm. I lose my concentration. Because the truth is when the stress response hits, you're, you're out of our ability to tolerate the amount of stress that the nervous system is experiencing. Mm -hmm. The brain goes offline, can't think clearly. And so it's so critical that we look at this from a body-mind experience mm -hmm. as the body gets triggered before the mind gets triggered. So when our internet went off, actually I really didn't get triggered very much because in an instant I already knew 
this is out of my control. Mm-hmm. First, I thought it was going to come back, and then it didn't. Mm-hmm. And so then we had to punt. You know, we had to sort mm-hmm. of okay, mm-hmm. that's gone. Mm-hmm. Now what do we do? Mm-hmm. And and I really really believe that that flexibility, that agility, to recognize in an instant what was two minutes ago or even a half a second ago is no more. Mm-hmm. How quickly can I get myself into this new reality? Because this is the only place that I do have any control over whatsoever. So I think the internet, losing that internet is a smaller challenge based on what you work on. So I loved what you talked about, the flexibility and agility to recognize the new reality. Because once the reality changes, no point having the same game plan. So what are some triggers that you look at, which we can all take from you that tells us, hey, Arjun, the reality just changed. Like, what Are there some triggers? Absolutely. One of them is, and again, this is another big one, is what are our expectations? So once I realize my expectation was to finish that, you know, the podcast with you and then go on for the rest of my day. When the, when the kind of now with what we're in with COVID and the expectations mm-hmm. and the hopes and the dreams, and they are much bigger than losing the internet um, mm-hmm. for something that didn't have great consequences for us because we could, we could figure it out. But it's very quickly, again, when, when I recognize that my mood is going down or I'm starting to feel flat mm-hmm. or I'm like annoyed or irritated or any of those things that our emotions give us signals. Again, many of us are so used to kind of pushing that stuff away. Oh, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to notice it. It's distracting. But it's your messenger. It's your, your body's and your mind's system for letting you know that you need to pay attention. And then how long we pay attention to it and what we do with it is a whole other, whole other story. I noticed yesterday that um, I've been really good around this COVID thing and doing my very best every day, every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? It was just a whole bunch of cascading things that were not going my way yesterday. And so I just, you know, I'm feeling really, I need to get out. Mm-hmm. I really need to get to take a walk. I need to just change this environment. I was dealing with something with the DMV and, and I was getting crabby. And I said, I have to come back to this tomorrow. I just need to leave it, put it aside because my brain is off. It's off, it's not working. So it's, it's again, being so self-aware mm-hmm. of the signals that your body gives you. Everybody's a little different. And when you can recognize how, you know, how things affect you, I know that my shoulders get really tight and my muscles get really tight. My mood goes down. Yeah, and the reason there's a smirk on my face is what you are telling me in golf, Gary Player used to talk about this to everyone by saying, when you're stressed, and of course, somebody asked him, how do I know I'm stressed? He said, your shoulders are going to tell you I'm stressed. And then he talked about his amazing wisdom was when you are, when your shoulders are tight, don't try to relax your shoulders. Then walk slower and also, you know, see everything slower. Like do everything in slow motion. 
-hmm. And he said that even though you are doing it in slow motion, but rest of the world will still do see you do it in real time, real space, because you are going to rush and do everything. But the bigger thing, what was brilliant about, you know, when I was listening to you there was, you talked about being self-aware. You know, it's like, we don't have to have this special measurement device to put it around our face to look at what is going on. Because what I like is the body sends signals immediately. All you need to be is that high level of awareness to your own body signal, and then do what it needs to be to change the environment. So before we move to the next area, can you just go back and do a quick recap for me on mastery under pressure? What were the some of the three, four big ahas that the audience members should take from this? Well, just to take off from what you said, Arjun, so we have to know how, how our body responds, and then we also have to have an antidote mm -hmm. to that. And so the breath, you know, people talk about it all the time, oh, just breathe, just breathe, but let's kind of look at what the breath actually does. Mm -hmm. It changes the nervous system. Mm -hmm. It's actually the only voluntary system that we have that will affect both the, you know, the heart rate the sweaty palms, the, you know, the mind kind of racing, because that's when the sympathetic nervous system has been activated. That's when the stress hormones go coursing, mm -hmm. literally coursing through your brain and, and your body. And, you know, in, in the, in, it, excuse me, in, in the animals, you know, when that happens, mm -hmm. after the danger is over, they go back into the parasympathetic nervous system. We do not. Mm -hmm. We stay in this chronic state of stress for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so learning to use your breath and it's a three part breath, it's a diet, you know, it's a belly breath and you have to actually practice it because it doesn't come natural to adults, it comes naturally to children. But if mm -hmm. you can just even notice where your breath is, because you're, there's a wonderful saying that your mind is where your breath is. So if your breath is up here, your mind is very spinny. If your breath is very low, your mind is very calm. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I feel stressed, as soon as I recognize that my shoulders are up, anything, I will. And just in the, even as you were describing the situation, I just start of, you know, slowing everything down. The breath will slow everything down. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes your best friend. You asked me a couple of things too. What else? Um, so now let's go to. A rapid answer questions where these questions, you know, I want to take you beyond the world of mastery under pressure and therapy coaching because I really think that in any field you chose to and you were passionate about, you would have been successful. Mm -hmm. So, are you ready? Three to seven word answers to these questions. Okay. okay. First is what's your advice to anyone in any walk of life to be a successful leader? very first thing is to recognize that we create our own reality. And so if I want to be a successful leader, mm -hmm. people are at many different levels along this road. I want to know what do great leaders do? How I always love to look for people who are way ahead of me mm -hmm. and I study them. I kind of learn, how did you get there? What was your path? What are the things that I need to know? So mentors are really, really, really important mm -hmm. and being very observant about how people are responding. So great leaders mm -hmm. have a sense of presence. Got it. 
and their energy is the kind of energy that makes people want to hang out with them, want to be with them. So then, if you, of course, the next question is, how do you get there? Mm-hmm. And it is through all this personal transformational development. So if one person on a business, t- you know, in a team, in a company, mm-hmm. goes through a particular kind of training that I teach or that other people teach, and then the next person and the next person and the next person in that team, now we've got a whole unit that is working at this wonderful, wonderful level. Great. And we learn from each other. Love so, that. short answer. <laughs> yeah, so three to seven words. How do you define a big win? Say it, say it again. How do you define a big win? A big win. A big win for me is when I feel really proud of myself. Okay. What makes you real proud? When I accomplish a challenge that mm-hmm. I've been working towards. So there's a lot in the sentence. Accomplish a challenge and you've been working. So there's a plan, there's a process that connects everything. And of course, extension of that question is, what's the one reason companies or businesses fail to win big? Say it again, what, what, what is the one reason? One that reason they- why companies fail to win big. I don't think that they understand human nature. Okay. I don't think they pay enough attention to human nature. Yeah. And that's so powerful because humans make us successful, not machines. That's so. exactly right. You know, leaders I've worked with, especially in the sports area, they remove some words from the dictionary, some obstacles, like top athletes remove the word no, impossible from their dictionary. So this is a two-part question. Mm-hmm. What's a word not in your dictionary? And secondly, what is Tina's favorite word that we catch you use most often? Uh, the one word that's not in my dictionary is try. Mm-hmm. And the other word that is in my, it's always coming back to what's in my control. It's more than a mm-hmm. word. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's my navigating principle. Yeah, and not trying is such an amazing line. And of course, Yoda made it famous, do or do not, there's no try. That's right. So if Tina, with all her wisdom, could go back in time and meet that kiddo graduating from high school, excited with glitter in her eyes, and you could whisper to her an advice that would set the kid up for even bigger success. What would you tell that kid, Tina? It takes a village. <laughs> it takes a team. Mm-hmm. One of the things, I've been a solopreneur for many years, and now I'm part of a team. I have a, mm-hmm. I have a team that's working with me and for me. And the difference is unbelievable. Love it. So Tina, everything you've talked about hidden behind it is a process, okay? Because I really feel that success that can be repeated cannot happen without a process. So is there a process that Tina follows? Like when you start your work day is the first thing, last thing that you're comfortable sharing? Absolutely. So the first thing I do is um, I stretch got scoliosis, so I don't want to become a hunched over old lady. So that's a very, very important part of my day. Um, and then I'm part of a meditation group, mm-hmm. uh, Monday through Friday, 7.15 to 8 o'clock. And that really sets me up because it gets beyond just my own psychology and into a bigger spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And then I have my breakfast. And then at 9 o'clock, I have an hour to myself. So that's the time where I, I send out 
referrals and introductions and answer my mail. And I do my best not to put any appointments in there. Mm -hmm. I, I have lunch at 12 o'clock and I finish at five. I don't work at night. I never have unless it's an emergency or something, but my brain just doesn't work well at night. And mm. when the weather is at five o'clock until the, you know, the, the seasons changed, I went out for a beautiful walk. Uh, I live right across the street from the water in the East Bay in San Francisco. And now I have to figure out time to get that in during my day. Mm. And I was just talking about that with the mastermind group that I'm in, which is another part of my, my weekly um, routine. I have mm -hmm. four or five women that we meet and we go through books. We're just going through um, Jack Canfield's success principles, um, which is all the things that I teach and all the things that are part of Mastery Under Pressure. And so there is definitely a system, a routine, but don't close me in too much mm -hmm. because I don't like to be controlled. Mm -hmm. And so I have to have that level of flexibility I haven't worked for anybody in 37 years. I work for myself. And, but it's an evolution of just kind of what's working, what's not working. And that's kind of what we do in businesses all the time. It's always that question, what's working, what's not working. And if it's not working, what can I do to solve that problem? I'm a problem solver. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I come up to an obstacle or a challenge. Mm -hmm. Rather than go down that path, I call it productive thinking. Do my thoughts produce something useful for me? Which is mm -hmm. another one of my axioms, Arjun. Mm -hmm. Rather than positive thinking, it's productive thinking. And mm -hmm. if my thoughts don't produce something that is useful, they're gonna take me down that path that I don't wanna go. And so I'm always working with my thoughts and moving forward. But also very importantly, allowing myself to feel what I feel. Sometimes I can't move the, the thoughts so quickly. Sometimes it needs some other operation, which is kind of going a bit deeper and finding sources of the problem. This is really fascinating. So Tina, this has been an incredible conversation. And of course I could go on for maybe hours, Thank you. but every good thing has to be appreciated, you know, and so anything else you want to share, please? I just feel so passionately about the things that we're talking about. Obviously you can, you can hear from my, from my voice and my intensity, but I do believe that if each and every one of us and each and every company honored what goes on inside, it all starts in here. Mm -hmm. Once we train this and we train the team and we train the organization, I promise you things will change. They will move in the right direction. Brilliant, love that. So this was such a fascinating conversation with Tina. When Tina first, you know, I heard about mastery under pressure. The name itself is brilliant because I got it immediately whether it is sports or business world, the true super rock star delivers under pressure every time. And I always wondered, is there a process or is it some people are wired differently? And what Tina showed me, no, you don't have to be wired differently. It's all about 
how you get yourself ready. And that is the core of this conversation. Tina also talked about that anytime under pressure, what makes it even difficult is you go from pressure to pressure plus when just when you are getting control of the situation, the situation changes. And when the situation changes, it's very important to be calm and confident because your body is very aware of the changes. And the body sends signals. And she talked about that high level of self-awareness when you listen to yourself. And based on that, you change the environment. Once the game changes, playing by the same rules, same way does not work. You have to consciously take charge and evolve. Tina also talked about how it's very important to create one's own reality. But also there was a very fascinating thing for all of us who are trying to get to the next level of leadership is have a presence. The sense of presence she talked about is because once you feel it and you have it, people, teams want to be part of your tribe. They will choose you instead of you just choosing them. And finally, I I don't think we could have finished at a better place when she talked about, yes, positive thinking is important because I don't think there's a single leader and a coach will come and say, it's all about negative thinking. What she said, go beyond positive thinking, talk about productive thinking. Productive thinking is purposeful. It just has a very clear, you know, it's just like a GPS. There's a goal, you know where you are, and that puts you on the path to success. Tina, again, thank you for an amazing conversation. Truly appreciate this. And for the rest of us here, you know, this would be something we need to go through a few times to take all these amazing nuggets. This is Arjun. Truly appreciate all of you listening. And final, any final words from you, Tina? Just keep practicing. You know, practice and repetition is learning new skills. You know, my book and my program and all those things, it's the same thing. Practice and repetition, practice and repetition. You'll build new neural pathways and your life changes. So thank you, Practice, Arjun. Absolutely. Thank you. Truly a pleasure. And you heard it from Tina. Practice and repeat and repetitions. This is Arjun. Happy listening to all of you. And it would be an honor and a pleasure to bring you another fascinating conversation with another leader from another walk of life from another part of the world real soon. Until then, enjoy, be safe, and happy listening. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, Brand Whisperer, top brand growth driver, and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.